Did you know that the perfect snack exists that not only has the yum factor, because that's important, but also packs a real protein punch? I'm talking about Wonderful Pistachios, a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Now that's a snack you can feel really good about. It's hard for me to currently pick a fave because they have several flavors to choose from, including no salt and jalapeno lime options. But if I absolutely had to, I'd say I'm in my no shells, wonderful pistachios, sea salt and vinegar era. It's the ultimate snacking solution for when you need a quick, convenient and tasty boost of pistachio goodness straight out of the bag. Whether you enjoy the ritual of cracking open each nut or you lean towards the ease of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has something for everyone. It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, all right, all right. Well, welcome back to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree Mitchell. I'm the host of the show, as well as the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care. Brown Girl Self-Care is a space for Black women to... um, just feel supported as they continue to bloom and thrive and get to where the healing resides. I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in. Um, Now, first of all, this person is not a stranger to the podcast at all whatsoever, but he may be a stranger the way that we're doing it this way, which is on Zoom. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself, but I want to reintroduce you to Dr. Nick Hardy. He was on the podcast literally almost a year ago to this day that we're recording which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So Nick, let, let them know who you are. Pop, pop your collar a little bit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. First of all, Bree, thank you so much for having me on. And you're right. It's crazy how time flies. I remember when we did that initial recording back in April of 2022. So here it is. I mean, it, it's almost, um, you know, like a nostalgic being here again. So mm-hmm. excited to connect. But my name is Dr. Nick Hardy. I'm a licensed therapist out of Houston, Texas run a private practice, also host of a podcast named Untherapeutic, uh, where we focus on relationships. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, and you are still the only man that has been on the podcast. <laughs> the I Brown Girl Podcast. Before. Yeah. You are you are still you are still you, this is your second time. This is second a, time. you are a legacy. Yeah, I'm a legacy team. member. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I don't take that lightly. Uh, I remember when we talked about it the first time. I was like, okay, so we had a little nervousness to it. You the only dudes. So don't get on that <laughs> crazy because you speak for all brothers, you know. That's, no, really, yes, that's uh, exactly what I said. But, but I am grateful to share this space with you, though, uh, because yeah. you have very meaningful work. So I appreciate you so much. And for those of you, obviously, that don't know, Dr. Nick and I kind of have like a, a we're, we have developed into a friendship, actually, which I'm just very thankful for. Um, so by him doing that podcast, I got much more than I actually expected. So I'm so, so thankful for that because he's so dope. Um, so Nick and I were having a conversation 
that spurred or sparked this podcast episode. We're going to talk about narcissism. Mm -hmm. uh, I have my thoughts, but obviously Nick definitely has much more expertise and knowledge and understanding of how all of that works. But I know that the buzzword is like, are you dating a narcissist or you're a narcissist or your parents are narcissists or, you know, toxic behaviors. I know that's like all the rage right now in the in the social media universe, which I think it's great to have these conversations, but I would prefer to put some depth to it and not just slap on a label and mm -hmm. pretend like I know everything because I don't. And actually, while Nick and I were talking probably like a month ago, I'm thinking it was, I actually go. asked him because we talk and I was like, am I a narcissist? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm comfortable having this conversation with you because uh, first of all, uh, spoiler alert, you told me no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm yeah. comfortable having this conversation because I want to be as real as I can as I continue to build this platform. And I'm not going to shy away, more or less, from possible issues, challenges, things like that. We're going if, if it's going to be a real conversation, it's going to be a real we conversation. We're going to have it direct, head on, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about narciss narcissism. Like, what is it? What is it? So let me go back to that that time real quick where you said, Nick, am I a narcissist? And, you know, my immediate response was no. I wasn't saying that based on the relationship. That really was just based on our conversations and the relationship that we forged over the years. I mean, over the past year, excuse me. Um, it is a label that gets thrown around a lot. Let me say that, especially when people are upset or when someone does something. It's kind of the go to. Oh, you're you're gaslighting me oh, he or she is a narcissist. And again, it doesn't do justice to what a narcissist really is. So yeah, let's let's dive into it, what a narcissist actually is. So first of all, this is something that is actually a clinical diagnosis, all right? Mm -hmm. So it actually is a disorder. And so I say that because when you think about a disorder, it's deeper than just this behavior that someone does periodically. This is almost ingrained to some extent. I'm using that very loosely, but a disorder is something that you just don't change just like that. You know, it's something that, hey, this is like someone having ADHD. There are things that you can do to kind of lower the symptoms of ADHD, but if you have ADHD, you have ADHD. You know? mm. And so when it comes to narcissism, yes, there are things you can do to improve the behavior and how you engage with them, but there is a certain expectation that you need to have when in a relationship or when dealing with someone who actually is narcissistic. So mm. let me just put that out there because again, it's a lot of times from a relationship perspective, people go into it thinking, I'm going to change this person. Oof. <laughs> yeah. And if you're with someone who is a true narcissist, I mean, we'll get to some of the, the symptoms and the criteria for di for diagnosing this, you you really have to set realistic expectations about the degree that that person will change because this is a disorder. Mm. What is and thank you for allowing me to just I, I feel very comfortable having this conversation with you because we are friends. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that I can just jump in and be asking you yeah. stuff. So thank you for letting me flow with you here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what do you what is what is what do you mean by disorder? What does disorder mean? Yeah, yeah. So a disorder is it's 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 the it's a it's a clinical when someone meets a clinical criteria, 
you know, meaning that they have a certain amount of symptoms over a certain period of time. Okay. So for instance, if someone meets the clinical diagnosis for depression, all right, then that doesn't mean that they are just feeling down one day. That means over an extended period of time, they have, they're doing, you know, say three out of the five or four out of the six symptoms or behaviors that is related to that disorder. And so you look at narcissism. Now I don't have my DSM right in front of me right now, but there are certain specific behaviors that occur over a period of time that allows someone to meet the clinical diagnosis <clears throat> of narcissism. And so that's what I mean when I say a disorder. This isn't just a one-time thing or they did this or they did that. No, they've done a series of of, of actions, a certain behavior over a period of time that has met that certain criteria. I got you. So are people born having that trait, nar mm -hmm. narcissism? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th this, is, this is one of the things that people talk about. Like, is, are you, is it nature versus nurture? Right? Yeah. Nature versus nurture. And the truth is, I think there is a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Typically, when people are narcissistic, they grew up in an environment with someone who was also narcissistic. There's not a narcissistic gene. You know, it's not like, ah, you see that gene right there? That's, that's a narcissism gene. You know, it's, it's not that. But there are environmental influences that factor into someone being a narcissist, just like there's hereditary factors that also contribute to that as well. So typically, the environment that someone was raised in and just their parents or family dynamics there's probably some history of narcissism hmm, hmm. interesting yeah. so what i'm hearing is like let's say if i was a narcissist then most likely my daughter probably could be as well because the nature versus nurture thing I, either way you slice it yep. i'm gonna nurture that obviously and if i have it like it's inherit an inherited trait or whatever there's a high probability that that person will be as well. There, there's a higher probability. Or higher. Yeah, it's a higher probability. And and, and your daughter would, if, if that were the case, but remember, you're not a yeah. narcissist. So we, All right. we, your daughter's good, right? Yeah. But if, if that were the case, then she would learn certain tendencies mm -hmm. based off of observing you. Mm -hmm. So how you talk about yourself, how you view other people, like she's picking up all of those things by default of just living with you for the first 18 years of her life. Mm -hmm. mm. So how do we identify, first of all, yeah, what, what are some signs of narcissist behavior? Yeah. Or narcissistic? narcissistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, here's, a, here's, a couple, here's a couple of things. So number one is they lack empathy, okay? And so when you think about empathy, you, you think about your ability to feel and to connect with someone else. When I see Brees being sad, like the, the, the empathetic part of me, you don't have to be a therapist to be empathetic, mm -hmm. but there should be something in me that connects with that emotion that you're feeling. A narcissist really lacks that empathy. Mm. You'll hear narcissists say things, I don't care how you feel, you know? Like that's, 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 that, that is, I'm not saying they're narcissists if they say that, but that's very reflective of someone 
who lacks empathy. So that's that's one characteristic. Another thing is very grandiose, <laughs> larger than life. You know, oh man, I, I mean, it, man, you know, they're so great. Uh, you know, they they embellish accomplishments. You know, you you kind of like peel back the layers. You like. Were they, were they, was everyone really there just for you? Oh, man, you just should have seen the way they were, they were all over me. I mean, you know, like, it's just, it, it's just, this, it's this sense of self-importance mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a very exaggerated manner, mm -hmm. you know? And so in layman's terms is when people talk about themselves incessantly and not just to talk about themselves a lot, but talk about themselves in a way that's very larger than life. You know, every, everybody loves Nick, man. You know, what, <laughs> what, what do you mean, Bree? Like, I came in, you should have saw the way they were looking at me. Like, man, it was it was 15 other people around you. Nah, they were there for me. They knew, I mean, like, even when they tell stories, they always seem to put themselves at the center of importance. Mm -hmm. All right? And so you got to think about this from a relationship perspective. Mm -hmm. you know? Number one, you know, you think about communication, you think about problem solving. If someone lacks empathy, it's going to be very hard for you to connect with that person because that's a part of communication, right? Like, how's brief feeling? Mm -hmm. I say, man, you really hurt my feelings when you said that. But if I lack empathy, then there's a disconnect. I'm like, I hurt your feeling. I mean, what, what do you mean? Mm. <laughs> you know? Or you imagine this this is why truthfully narcissism is probably one of the hardest, most difficult personality disorders to be in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Because not only do they like the empathy, but it's all about them. So everything you say, they're kind of always right, at least in their mind. Mm -hmm. you know? Does a narcissist like if everything's all about them? Mm -hmm. Let's say you and I you and I are in a, a romantic relationship. And I'm the narcissist. Let's no, let's make you the narcissist this time. Yeah, make me the narcissist. The narcissist. I'll follow the story. I'll be the narcissist this time. Yeah, you the narcissist, Nick. Get it, <laughs> yeah. get it together, brother. Get yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. So you're the narcissist, and we're in a relationship, and I'm trying to come to you and say, um, you hurt my feelings. You said I was fat, you hurt my feelings, something like that. You said I was fat and my clothes don't fit, and that hurt my feelings. I'm trying to talk to you about how I feel or whatever. Is it narcissism for you to say something along the lines of, even if you don't say like, so, or why does that bother you? But what if you take it in the direction of, yeah, you're right. I always mess things up. I'm such a bad person. Um, I just never can do anything right. And, 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 and I am always a problem. Like they, but they, they're saying it with sincerity, like, but they're still making about them. Is that narcissism too? Or is yeah. that something different? That well, again, you know, going back to like the the the, the criteria for a diagnosis, that could be, mm -hmm. but typically there's going to be multiple occasions, not just in this one instance where they try to victimize themselves. You know, that's the word I'm looking for: victimize yeah, themselves. Yeah. So a narcissist in that situation, if you come, you're expressing yourself, and you're like, "Hey, man, I really feel. I mean, I don't understand why you feel that way. I'm such a great husband." <laughs> God. I mean, seriously, Bree, everyone loves me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, literally, I, the, the people all around me, they're like, oh, Nick, you're so great. And here mm -hmm. it is, I come home and, you know, you're talking about I hurt your feelings, you, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, 
Well, but you know, and imagine you you try, you know, when you did, I, I just don't understand. Literally, I was with the CEO of ExxonMobil, and they said, because one of the things the narcissist is they they always they like to associate with people that they perceive as being in a certain position. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you'll see narcissists, you know, they don't they don't want to hang with this type of person because they view that type of person as beneath them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, they're very arrogant, you know? So uh, using that example, narcissists will say, man, I I, I truly don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like Mm -hmm. no one else around me says that I ever hurt their feelings. I mean, and I'm around great people all day long, (laughs) you know? And here it is, you come in, you got something to say, like, Mm They're not able to to genuinely connect with what it is, basically because they lack the empathy. And in their mind, they're right. Mm. Now we talked about this. I don't know if you're even comfortable saying, but is there an example in the public eye of someone <laughs> that displays these tendencies? You're not labeling them, but they, or you may, but you, they display these tendencies that we can identify with, like off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, like we said, you know, I I can't give a clinical diagnosis for someone that I haven't sat down with and performed an actual assessment on. All right. But if you were to look on television or in the media, people who put themselves at the center of attention. All right. People who it's all about them. Mm -hmm. Like they do no wrong. They're so great. You know, thousands of people here to see me and celebrate me, you know, and they lack some of the empathy that's needed in critical times mm-hmm. and somehow they twist it to make it about them mm-hmm. is symptomatic of a narcissist. Yeah. You know, and again, you can put that on any public figure that you believe it fits, but you know, <laughs> it, We're not it, gonna say I, I, and I think there's multiple. So, cause here's a, here's a flip side to it real quick mm-hmm. is, Man, narcissists are actually very successful in many instances. Be- and they would have to be because they're so committed, them. right? Yeah. Like they're so committed to them. Mm-hmm. It's all about them that a lot of times that actually propels them professionally and in other areas. So, it, it, yeah, again, that could be a number of different people, but I, I you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not going to say. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um. I'll just, well, no, I'm not even going to say. Actually, it's I, tempting, though. It's so tempting. I'll, I'll tell you this. It's tempting to diagnose people. All right? It's very tempting. Yeah, right. Sometimes you may be right. Mm-hmm. But as a therapist, I think it's almost haphazard to diagnose people without having done a formal assessment. We may have an idea. We may have a, like, a, like, mm, Based on what I see, but again, what we see, especially when it comes to media, we see from afar, you know, and we always have to be careful on how the media sometimes manipulates things. But if I were a betting man, you know, then certain people, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Sometimes our perceptions can trump... What is reality? Yeah. How about that? How about that? You like how I did that? 
Yeah, sometimes our perceptions can. So we yeah. always gotta always gotta be careful with with throwing those diagnoses out there. But yeah, yeah. sometimes you see certain tendencies and really, really just makes you question. Absolutely. So knowing what I know now, like how do you, and I wrote this question down, how do we have a healthy sense of self without having like even if I'm not a narcissist and this is this was the concern I guess that that's why I opened up this conversation with you when we talked a month ago or whenever like how do you have a healthy sense of self because in order to do the things that we're doing to become successful we got to have a healthy sense of self but we got to be about ourselves you know what I'm saying at times so like how do you not have those tendencies but still be able to you know do what you got to do Absolutely. Uh, there, there is, there is, um, there's, I mean, that's, narcissism is extreme behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're talking someone who's entitled, someone who's very arrogant, someone who's very kind of preoccupied with power, you know, there's a, there's a lot of room for you to invest in you and be concerned about your own well-being and to prioritize you before you get to that extreme. Mm. and even in pursuit of prioritizing you that doesn't negate the fact that you can still be empathetic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can still be there for other people a narcissist really does have a difficult time connecting empathetically with others around them Mm. they serve their needs (laughs) yeah that definitely tracks and I was going to say like black women you know Mm. who are not prioritized in this country historically mm-hmm. um and our humanity or i mean obviously black people in general but it's, since this is for black women specifically like Absolutely. i feel like i i want to encourage them to prioritize themselves to the point not that they're a narcissist obviously but just figure out a way just to be okay with putting yourselves first because i know that's hard that's like so hard for us, so many of us to even do that it really know? Who showed you that it was okay to aim high and go for your dreams while also just being yourself? For me, it was radio host Big Boy, Oprah, and KTLA news reporter Gail Anderson. In part, these people are the reason why this podcast specifically exists. This is the power of Black representation in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is more than a podcast. It's a celebration of Blackness from NPR where every voice is as distinct and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In this collection, you'll find stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment. Each episode, a living account of what it means to be Black today. From the intricate narratives of The Wire to the wisdom of Michelle Obama and the urgent call for reparations, Black Stories, Black Truths really is the truth. Space wasn't always made for our perspective, so NPR's new collection is necessary as it celebrates the richness of the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. My hair is kinky, it's coily, it's beautiful, it's all the things, but the dryness is real, so it's also prone to feeling parched. This is why Waze Anti-Frizz Cream is my new BFF. It not only changes frizz, but helps my hair feel more hydrated. Listen, summer is coming. We are trying to be outside, going to brunch, plus traveling, and summer activities aren't always kind to our strands, okay? So let me tell you what I do for this. 
I wash my hair every one to two weeks. Don't sleep on Waze Detox Shampoo, by the way, if you have hard water or buildup. I detangle, I smooth in a little of the Way Anti-Frizz Cream, then shingle in my natural gel. My hair is frizz-free, it's hydrated, and it's cute for days. Love sleek styles? Waze Anti-Frizz Cream works as a heat protectant up to 450 degrees as well. Frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code SELFCARE for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code SELFCARE. Feeling more grounded and relaxed is Black Girl Peace for me. And so I really need that while doing things like uh, tackling my to-do list or even braving this crazy LA traffic. If you know, you know. So something that helps me tap in is Recess Mood. It's a delicious sparkling water made to enhance your relaxation time and mood without any alcohol involved. So what you will get instead is real fruit, mood lifting magnesium, and stress balancing adaptogens. And again, no alcohol plus no added sugar. So I've tried all the flavors and I really, really like strawberry rose. It's like um, a little burst of peace in the middle of chaos because again, for real, navigating this Cali traffic is insane. Now, recess mood is not only my go-to for staying balanced while on the go, but it's also good for chilling at home too. It's like having a little slice of relaxation right in the palm of your hand. So next time you need a little pick-me-up without the alcohol, without the hangover, give recess mood a shot. It's been a fantastic addition to my routine. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. It, it really is. And people will actually call you a narcissist if you do that. Mm. It, I mean, again, one of the, I mean, we ain't got to it yet, but one of the, the most important things you can do if you're in a relationship with someone who is narcissistic is establish some healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. All right. And so as with any person who struggles with honoring someone else's boundaries, they're going to create a narrative that fits their agenda. So yeah. if I say, you know what, I'm actually not going to do that, man, you, it's all about you, but no, you, you know, and this is where labels get thrown around. And this is where we start to question, am I a narcissist? When in reality, you may be talking to a narcissist and you just create some healthy boundaries. So. Mm. Mm, yeah, that leads me to the question I was going to ask ask next, <clears throat> excuse me, which is what are some ways that we can protect ourselves in relationships, in life and things like that? I know that you're a relationship expert. Um, mm. What are some ways like because I'm going to be I'm going to start dating soon. Mm-hmm. Keep saying yeah. that year yeah, after I mean, year after coming. year. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. coming. You may get some emails after this. You never know. Connect at browngirlselfcare.com. <laughs> all jump in the DMs in a healthy way. You know, all the right. scrolls, y'all stay, stay right. back. Narcissists, stay away. Narcissists, stay away. Stay away. You ain't like, you should healing? email me. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the narcissist says. I can, she, she, I can, she's not following me, you know, so. <laughs> yes, so true. But I was going to say, like, if you ain't working on your healing and stuff, just stay, just go away. Don't, don't, even, don't even approach me, okay? Don't even approach me. But how can we, real talk, whether you're in a relationship or you're kind of dipping your toe back in, like, how can we, like, protect ourselves when we're 
facing that type of situation? Like, what can we do? Yeah. So here's the number one. If you can avoid it, don't even get in a relationship with one. That part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, you know, measure, measure twice, cut once. Mm -hmm. And so in the dating phase, in the courting phase, ex exploration phase, whatever it is you want to call it, when you're getting to know someone, if they start to show signs, all right, of it being all about them, if they lack that empathetic connection, you know, and again, you see this in just basic, man, how you doing? Like, like what what like they have a concern for someone other than themselves if you're honest with yourself then i would say stay away altogether mm -hmm. okay again just because someone does something i'm not saying that you just shoot to the left and be like, oh, i'm out of here you know no but if there is a consistent pattern of behavior that is indicative of someone who's narcissistic remember narcissists a lot of times are very successful you know, I'm not saying every person that's successful is narcissistic. I'm not saying that at all. But a lot of times we, we become blinded by the idea of someone. And because this is a disorder, you have to set healthy expectations around how much change is even possible. Okay. So again, save yourself a headache and avoid the relationship altogether. If you can, all right, if you can, because think, think about it, when it comes to getting help, you have to recognize that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. But if you're arrogant, if it's you have this inflated sense of self-importance, then you going about getting help because you have a problem. What do you mean? I'm like, oh, no problem. I'm good. Mm. <laughs> I'm not narcissist. You narcissist. Everybody, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so like that first step is like narcissist. I'm like, what are you talking about? Something's wrong with me. You're like, huh? So. Yeah, avoid it. But let's just say, <laughs> say you you already in a relationship, it's committed. You know, it's like, man, you know, we got all this other stuff. Like you like, got kids now, your you money. You married. You got you got income. It's just not that easy. And a lot of times, it really isn't. You know, and a lot of couples I work with, they find themselves in this position. And you know, it's important to recognize that leaving isn't always like the 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 option. You know, again, doesn't mean you're in an abusive relationship. It could just be like, man, I'm just not happy because this person doesn't get me. It's all about them. It's all about I'm always the problem. And, and that can be emotionally taxing. But you may not be at a place where you're saying, I'm going to leave. OK, so if you don't leave, then you have to establish some very healthy boundaries. OK, mm -hmm. you really do some boundaries and you can't be afraid to speak up. You can't be afraid to live in the tension of being able to challenge the other person because they're going to push back, especially yeah. when you create a new pattern. They're going to be like, well, I mean, well, we always do it like this. And why aren't you? But it's super important that you kind of stay firm to what's healthy for you and not lose your sense of identity in that relationship because it is easy because especially if it's, it's like an abusive relationship, Oh my gosh, man, you psychologically, you start doubting yourself, your confidence is affected. And, and so you may need to leave, but if you feel like you can't leave or if you don't want, I mean, then you got to adhere to some very strict boundaries. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Is, is there, in your opinion, hope for 
people to be in a relationship with with someone like that? Yes. I I do think there's hope. I do. I do think it's work. Mm -hmm. And I think if someone isn't willing to do the work, then there is no hope. (laughs) But I do think there's hope. And I say work, I really mean work on both sides. I think the narcissist needs to, to do work and the person that's in the relationship also needs to make sure that they're doing the work of adhering to some boundaries because it's so easy sometimes to just give in and to like be a part of this unhealthy cycle, you know, because, and, 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 I, and I get it sometimes like, man, I don't feel like having this fight. I don't feel like arguing. I don't feel like going through this, you know? And so having the building, doing the work to establish your confidence so that you can say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. You can speak up. You can voice not only just your concerns, but some things that you want and desire. That's super important. And in that case, yes, I think there's hope. Um, but it's now, with the, Yeah, it is. With the same kind of situation or like rules, I guess, or st- strategies, I don't know what the proper word is, but um, same things apply. Like what if your parent is the narcissist? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you cut them off? Do you, do you, like, I don't know. Do you, what do you, I don't even know. What, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think some of the same principles apply. I, I think you create some boundaries and if they're not willing to respect those boundaries, then yes, you may have to create some distance. And during that initial stage, you, you're almost going to get anticipate getting more backlash mm-hmm. because they've probably been operating like this for years. And so it's going to feel totally different. Something's wrong with you. What's gotten into you? You acted different. Like be prepared for all of that. But in order for you to maintain a healthy sense of you and to have peace is absolutely necessary. Mm. It, It really is. And I think it's almost even more difficult with our parents because we have this certain sense of obligation to to them you know it's like but they are older they are mom they are dad they do need me and all of this stuff goes into our mind when it comes to setting those boundaries but you can't give anything you don't have so you have to do that Mm. so let's say this person or i actually me i'm 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 separated from you nick Uh -uh. you have done enough damage i was able to separate myself extricate myself Mm -hmm. yeah how do I now begin the healing journey? Because I would imagine that after you've dealt with that, like narcissist, why do I have a, it's like a tongue twister for me, narcissistic abuse. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is it abuse? It's, it's abuse, abuse, right? It, okay. it, it definitely could be abuse, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Whew. It's a journey. Yeah. It's a so journey. Yeah. How do, you, how do you begin to start to heal once you've, separated yourself from all that absolutely so i think the first thing is you have to seek some help outside of you all right and and obviously i'm biased because i'm a therapist but i really do think tapping into some healthy professional relationships they can help you navigate that the aftermath of being in a relationship with a narcissist is super important um it is a process you know, and so I think being connected and being engaged 
with healthy relationships and people that reaffirm your abilities, reaffirm some of the positive attributes is going to be super critical afterwards. Because again, typically you're in this abusive, narcissistic relationship. You've always been the person that's wrong. It's you, you tried this and it wasn't right. You tried this. It wasn't right. You did this. It wasn't enough. And so a lot of times you question yourself. Mm. Okay? And so you really need to trust your own instinct and your own ability and really get reacquainted with you. Mm. That's going to be super important. And again, if you can't get professional help, I mean, at a minimum, don't go back to other narcissistic <laughs> relationships because you're in a very vulnerable spot and you can get accustomed to even an unhealthy relationship. And so it may feel normal, even though it's unhealthy. And so doing those things that that, that boast your, your confidence, your self-esteem, things that you enjoy, uh, I think are all therapeutic activities that can help support, but definitely some professional help. Mm, for sure. Like, don't go back, sis, and, and go back, sis. get that therapy if you can, uh, because, yeah, you're right. Like, you have bared the weight or the brunt of all these feelings and these insecurities um, from being in that situation for how for how <clears throat> excuse me for however long. So um, you may think that once you're out of the relationship, like oh everything's normal now, everything's good, mm -hmm. life is great, and then you start challenge you start having these challenges. Like where the hell did that come from? Like I thought this was supposed to be. <laughs> You know, oh, good, yeah, right. But you have to understand the severity of what you just escaped or Absolutely. left, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, it could come up, you could be like, you, you know, it's time for you to take a risk, go after this, and then those the, all those negative seeds that have been planted, yeah, creep back up. And then you have this self doubt, this imposter syndrome, and then you question and you start looking for validation, and sometimes that validation can come in unhealthy places. So you really want the validation to come from you. Mm. And so that's why I think a lot of times after that relationship, really spending some time to just realign yourself to your potential, your abilities, and just not allow a lot of the negativity that's probably occurred over the years to seep any further into your identity and your abilities. Mm. I love that. Okay, well... I think, uh, is there is there something I should have asked you about this? Because this is an important topic. I know you are a wealth of, of knowledge with all this. Is there something I should have asked you? Do we cover it all? Like, what's your gut telling you right now? Yeah, my, my gut is saying, you know, again, one of the things that's most impacted, and I said this, but I just want to reaffirm this, is your confidence. And so even if you don't have the confidence to get out of a relationship, if you know that it's unhealthy, step into the fearful place of doing the thing that you know you need to do. Mm. All right. That's one thing. The other thing is if you can avoid getting in an intimate relationship with someone who's narcissistic, please do. Um, don't allow the, the amenities to overshadow who someone is. Mm. All right. And Again, trust your instinct, trust your gut. That is the biggest, I mean, you, and, and trust people that you trust. So if you're in a place where you're questioning yourself and you have two or three trusted friends that are in a healthy place and they're like, 
do it, time out, don't do it, like lean into that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it right there. Okay, I love that. So as we wrap up, I think I'm going to start asking just to kind of bring it up a little bit. I'm going to start asking these random questions. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> this is just one random question that has nothing to do with what we just talked about because we have talked about narcissism, but now yeah, like, and everybody like, ooh, that was heavy. Right, so let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's the room up, up a little just bit. a as we wrap yeah. up. Then I'm going to ask you how we can follow you and find you and your podcast again. We're going to do all that dropping. But my one question as we wrap up is, um, have you seen the color purple, first of all? Don't get your black card revoked. If you say no, this conversation. I've seen it. I've seen it. You know? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, 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 you can quote me now because it's been a while, but I've seen For it. me too. Okay, it has, right. so I'm not going to ask you for a quote or anything like that. <laughs> okay. But who in the color purple represents Nick in in your journey like are you, and I know that you're a man and they're women but who who in the journey let's do another movie let's do another movie that color okay. purple, yeah because we still that's still Debbie Downer because I, I I go you think so? yeah let me tell you so all type of abuse yeah. to color purple let, let see, here's the thing so I asked this to somebody else too. I thought it I thought it was good but I, we can get a question but you know we were I'm asking is because I identified as Seely. Uh-huh. And we know Seely struggled, just like all the stuff I have gone through. But I identify with her because at the end, like it was just like, I don't know, just just all like her journey of everything she had gone through, the trauma and the violence and the all those things. But at the end, it wasn't like it wasn't a sad story for her. It wasn't a sob story for her. She was just like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just a, it was just powerful. So I identified as like Seely for me. Okay. So that's yeah. what I was like gonna say. Right. But, no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Yes. All, I thought, all I thought was the image with the dude coming out the house, and yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's okay. Get, let's, okay. Like you know, you know, like shoot. <laughs> all right. So I, I need to figure out another, another movie then, real quick. Um. See, this is how I need to be prepared because now I don't have another movie. You don't get a Nick who tell me a movie that you've recently seen. Where you're like, I identify with this on some level, in in a positive, beautiful way of like growth or 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 something. Oh gosh! So the the last movie I saw was Creed Three. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, and. Now I'm not. I ain't no Michael B. Jordan. So okay. <laughs> let me let you me say expectations. You know right. what I'm saying? Don't no, no, have me take my shirt off. You know, I'm still working on the dad bod. It's all good. Yeah, but you, you know, there is this. Um, I, I would say I identify with him. Like, there's still this fight. You know, like there's there's more to just there, there's just more to life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I saw that in him, and just like you're in this good place, but then something triggers you, and it's always like man, there's more out there. I want to do this, you know? And so for me, that that's where I connect with, because obviously I'm a therapist, but gosh, there's so much more out there that, that I just want to do. There's so much, I have so many ideas, so much that I'm just like, ugh, you know? So I'm about to get back in training mode um, to really bring some of this stuff to life. Now, again, not so much in a physical sense, but really just from an ideation stage, I mean, just impact, 
Uh, so yeah, I was I was joking with my wife because mm-hmm. I moved. Um, we got a little punch bag in the garage. I'm like, hey, man, I'm I'm training for Creed Four. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Creed Four, I'm on it. <laughs> so I'm gonna say that one. You know, just just really getting back in the ring uh, to to bring some of some of just what's inside out. I love that. Yeah. And I love how you were able to be flexible yeah. on the fly and just, yeah, okay, let's do it. I love that. All right. So we're going to wrap up. So where can we drop that podcast again? I wish I, I wish you had a book to drop. I feel like, I, I feel like there's a book in your spirit that's ready to be birthed. Yeah, one written down there. I just, I just got to bring it out. You know? Okay. See, I'll be knowing. I'll be knowing. But how can we find you? Drop that, drop those details again. Absolutely. So I would say first, just Instagram. Um, I got to get more active on social media, but you can find me on Instagram at Nick Hardy underscore. So that's N-I-C-H-A-R-D-Y underscore. The podcast I referenced, uh, started a podcast this year called Untherapeutic, a relationship podcast for people who don't go to therapy. So you can find that on all streaming platforms. Uh, you in the state of Texas, counseling, obviously NickHardy.com, no K, just N-I-C-H-A-R-D-Y. But Instagram probably would be the best place though. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Nick, for allowing me to pick your brain because I did initially have that question like, am I the problem? You know, so I have to come and get the receipts to find out what I need to do to rectify any situation. So thank you for being open to that. I'm so glad that you were here. Drop that knowledge. Um, And who knows, maybe April of next year, 2024, You'll be on again talking about, okay, I got this book and we're going to get into some of these fundamentals. Oh man, I received it. I received it, yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Um, If you have not like shared the podcast or um, left a five-star rating and review, please make sure that you do that for your girl because that makes me so happy. And um, that's it for the podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Have a blessed week. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bree. You're welcome.